This is the Making Millionaires Podcast, a realistic, no BS approach to effective and profitable investing. Everything from options trading to real estate. Once I'm done with you, you'll be itching to tell your boss to take a hike. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get in your face about the real way to make money and change your family tree. It's time to start thinking like a winner. So buckle up, sugar cup. It's about to get real. Hey guys, what's happening? This is Andrew, and thanks for listening to the Making Millionaires Podcast. This is episode 9, season 2. And man, it's been a crazy year. 2022 has been even more tumultuous than 2021 and 2020. I think the day has finally come where the sellers have taken over. All the new investors that popped up here in the past few years, I don't think they could actually visualize what the past few years would actually be like, or the past few weeks, I'm sorry, would actually be like. They thought we just could continue on going up, and I don't really blame them. That's what they were born into, and that is what they only know. It's been fascinating and humbling at, a, at the same time of me having the privilege of running this OM community to be able to see it firsthand, the effects on people, how they handle it, how they manage it, who's successful, who's unsuccessful. You know, watching the flood of cancellations come through with memberships because people are just blowing up their accounts. And I get it, you know. You have to learn, unfortunately. You have to. You have. To, there's no one. You could. You could listen to me. You could listen to somebody else. You could read books. You could listen to YouTube videos, and you're not quite gonna grasp the concept of facing that volatility and losing until you actually do it. You just. You don't understand it. You can hear people talk about it, and you're like, Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'll, I'll be safe. I won't take those positions. Blah blah blah. Uh, but then you see a huge move being made, and you try to go big, and you get smacked in the face, and there down goes your account. And I completely understand. You know why? Because I've been there, done that. I, I've been there. I've ha- I've got the T-shirt. I've got the writing on the wall. I've got the bumper sticker. So I completely understand. And it's brought about a lot of thoughts. Like what happens going forward in 2022 with uh, all of retail investing as well as the OM community? How do people actually bounce back from that or learn to fight that chop? And it's been crazy chop. You know, I use the word chop loosely because... Uh, when usually when people use the word chop, we kind of think of one or two dollar range where the things just bounce back and forth. But this chop has been ten to fifteen dollars on SPY worth of chop, up and down, back and forth, day after day, up and down. So it's been crazy to see. It's been the most volatile moment of my trading career, but the most rewarding. Not only because my trading has reached a level where I can become profitable day after day in the midst of generational volatility. But the fact that I can have the privilege of helping others and guiding people through all this stuff and learning with you all and growing with you all and teaching you all, it's been absolutely fantastic. But the conversation keeps being brought up both in our community and other communities all around and YouTube is inundated with this stuff. And I know I talk about it all the time, but it's technical indicators. And I'm I'm sure y'all get sick of me talking about this because I talk about it a lot, but it's a huge pet peeve of mine. All these YouTube investors and Twitter investors pop up because they make a little money and they think they could start showing their expertise off on the 8 and 21 EMAs on some stupid lines indicators that anybody could use. And my question to you and everybody else is, if technical indicators are so amazing, then why are you still losing money? Yes, it's going to be one of those episodes where you're going to yell at me through the radio. But it's true. If technical indicators are the answer, if technical indicators are a sound system, then why do most people lose money? It's not as simple as pulling up TradingView or TOS or whatever brokerage or trading software you use and just start plotting different indicators. The 8 EMA, the 21 EMA, 
the VWAP, all that stuff. It's great, grand, and wonderful, but that is not a trading system. So I'm tired of all these people saying that the type of trader they are is I trade crossovers. I trade the VWAP. I scalp off of this line. I draw this circle. I make this pentagon. I draw this octagon. You know, I, I draw this that looks like a penguin and a giraffe mixed together. And when the giraffe t- you know, high fives the penguin, that's what I buy. Like, it's ridiculous. So if technical indicators are so amazing, why is everybody losing money? It's because they think that trading is not a business. They treat tra- trading as a little gimmick that they could use money. They come in arrogant enough or naive enough, one of the two, to think that they can come into the market, not do much work, and make money in a professional's game. That would be like... You going around tossing the ball out back with your friends and family, the football, and then the next week you walk out onto the Super Bowl field and think you can compete with the big dogs. And you get upset when you lose the Super Bowl because you went and threw the ball around one or two weeks. It's the same concept. You are playing a professional's game. You are up against billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of market experience, worth of capital, worth of influence, worth of volume. And you think you can come in and draw a few little eight EMAs, 21 EMAs view app on your chart and make money. Now I'm saying this to get your attention. Like I love every one of you all, especially if you're listening to this podcast, but I've been there, done that. I thought it was that easy. And it took me a long time of getting smashed in the face to realize, Hey, this is not a system. All I'm doing is drooling, looking at charts, thinking I could play bounces off of a rudimentary, arbitrary line on the chart when that's not the case. You really have to start diving in. And I want to go back to my last comment of treating trading as a business. Instead of treating this as a, as a casino or a craps table or an ATM where you're going to get upset every time you lose money is ridiculous. You can't look at a transactional win rate and see red all the time and think, oh, this is the worst thing. I'm the worst trader in the world, blah, blah, blah. My girlfriend's husband's WSB YOLO crap. It's nonsense. You have to treat this as a business. Who are your employees if trading is a business? Your money. Your money are your employees. It's your job as the owner of your business to employ those dollars, your employees, in the most effective way possible to make you money. And the only way to do that is to become an expert in your craft, to learn why, when, how the market moves. The one word of those three that we don't really talk about very often is the when. Everyone talks about how the market moves. Oh, well, you know, the market's pricing in this and pricing in rate hikes. Well, it did this because of that. Well, it sold off on great earnings because it buy the, you know, sell the rumor, buy the news, that kind of, or sell the news, buy the rumor, that kind of thing. But we never talk about the when. And that's a huge point. And a lot of this I can't really talk about because it's kind of exclusive to our tier four and a lot of stuff that vet brings to the table, our tier four trader or veteran. But the when is incredibly, incredibly important. And it's something that I've learned only in the past few years. And once you tie in the when with the how and the why, now you've got the three pillars of being a successful trader. Squeezes, buy-ups, liquidation phases, and that will turn into a bounce into back into a supply phase. All these different things are the why. Then you have to think about the how. How do hedge funds liquidate or induce volatility and volume and liquidity into the market. What happens when we get some downside in the, in the hedge funds and the big money institutions are required by law to liquidate a certain amount of positions to maintain balance in their portfolios. And then you've got the when. When do movements occur in the market? Is there a pattern? 
Do they happen at certain times? Will they happen to coincide with certain global markets opening and closing? Is it two o'clock in the morning central time? Is it seven o'clock at night eastern time? Is it in the morning? Is it in the afternoon? You have to find out when the market wants to move. Once you start tying in those three pieces, then you start to become a very effective trader. And now that you've got all three of those nice, healthy pillars up and ready to go, only then can you start tying in technical indicators. Because technical indicators are just a tool. Trading off of technical indicators would be like somebody who's having some major heart issues, like maybe a minor heart attack, walking into a doctor's office, and the doctor's only tool to diagnose and treat this patient would be a stethoscope. He just takes the stethoscope out, he puts it up against this person's chest, and he hears the beat. He's like, oh, well, this is your problem. This is not only your problem, but this is what caused it. This is what you know, led up to your demise, and this is what's going to happen after. Without doing any kind of scans, without doing any kind of any kind of analysis or patient history or whatever, he's just using a stethoscope to listen. That's all you're doing with technical indicators. Technical indicators are purely a visual aid to log price action on the screen. It's not the how, when, or why. You as a trader need to identify the how, when, or why. And that's something that I constantly see failed over and over and over again, because the number one question I get by new traders, and rightfully so, like I don't blame these people, I'm just pointing it out, is the first thing they ask me is, you know, why, they don't ask me why this happened or how this happened, they ask me, hey, you know, what crossover did you use to find that entry? Like what indicator do you use to find this entry? And it's, you know, I can't really answer that because I don't use an indicator for a primary entry. I use the VIX, I use market awareness, I use volume, I use price action, I use candles. And then only after that do I use any kind of technical indicator. And it's funny because they're like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't use a technical indicator? Like I just watched 17 YouTube videos that tell me to use the 8DMA. You know, this jabroni over here said, hey, you need to use the MACD to predict the future and make entries all the time. Well, yeah, that's great. MACD is absolutely fantastic when you're looking 20 minutes in the past. And I'm sure is what you're saying to yourself as you listen to this is like, man, I can't do this in a day. I can't do this in a week. You're absolutely right. Because the one thing that's common amongst all three of those pillars, the how, when, why, is that it takes experience. You can't come into this market and be consistently profitable right off the bat. You have to build market experience. You have to know what it's like to take a big loss. You have to know what it's like to take a big win. You have to know what it's like to go through a period of losses. You have to develop that market experience. You have, you have to be able to get your hands dirty without fear. I had a conversation with one of my followers recently who was having some issues. Uh, the big thing was analysis paralysis. He had way too many indicators on his chart. He was constantly missing breakouts. He was FOMOing into losing positions. So I told him, we have to remove fear because fear is driving your system. You're in the driver's seat. Fear is in the driver's seat right now. So the way we're going to do this, and he had, he had a little bit over six figures. You know, he had a nice account. He was an older gentleman. He had a nice account. Uh, so he had some wiggle room here. So I told him, this is what we're going to do. You are going to trade SPY, SPY. You're going to trade one to two contracts at a time tops. So micro positions, it would be virtually nothing. And you're going to trade the crap out of, mark, out of the market. You are going to look for setups left and right for the next two or three days. And you're going to trade the crap out of this market. You're going to remove the fear. You're going to see how the market moves and log everything. I don't care if you trade 40 times in one day. As long as it's SPY, one to two contracts each, we're talking maybe 
two or $300 per position on a six figure account. And the reason why I wanted to do this, I wanted to get him used to taking positions in and out without being handcuffed by fear. When you take a position and it's actually going positive, your fear is that it's going to reverse and give it back. So you may cut it loose. If you're holding a red position that's in the negative, you're like, man, I cannot afford to take this loss. I have to hold on for dear life and pray to God that it comes back. And then you end up taking a bigger and bigger loss. So you're handcuffed by fear. Or you see a breakout, you see a nice setup that you actually do some technical analysis and you want to jump in on that position. You're like, man, I need to jump in here, but I'm afraid of being wrong. I'm afraid of taking a loss. And all you can think about is that. You can't think of any setups. You can't think of the volume price analysis. You can't think of the candles. You can't think of, all right, well, I could just set a stop here. All you are, all you think about is the fear of taking a loss. So in order to do that, we have to get people trading. We have to get people to break out of that analysis paralysis and understand and accept that you will take a loss. You absolutely will take a loss. The way to do that is through breaking free of that mold that you think that you cannot take a loss, that only losers take losses. Everyone take losses. I take losses all the time, all the time. I wish I could show you almost every one of my transactions because you will see that I do take losses. I take considerable losses in terms of percentages, not dollar amount. I don't remember any of my losses. You know why? Because they're so small that I do not remember them. I don't mean small by percentage because I've taken some 60, 70, 80% losses in the past few weeks. But guess what? The dollar amounts are small and I usually always finish the day green. Because of position sizes, I have, I have trimmed my emotions down where I, I form every thought process, every entry, every exit based on my experience and a fundamental thesis on all my trades. I don't let fear or emotions or, man, I just took a loss. I'm so stupid. I'm the worst trade in the world, blah, 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 WSB, YOLOs. I don't think like that because of market experience. I've been doing this for 11 years now. So with you all, like I want you to get out of your mindset that you are the worst trader in the world. I want you to get on the mindset that you cannot do this because I am not the brightest light bulb in the box. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I am very, very successful because I've disciplined myself to cut that thinking out and start to trade like a pro. The first step in doing that is reducing your position sizes. Every day on my account, I'm trading SPX and I'm only trading anywhere from five to 10, maybe 15 contracts at a time. When I take a loss, it doesn't affect me. When I do take a loss, I say, okay, no big deal. I'm going to fight and scrap and get that balance back to green again. And most of the time it happens. When I don't, no big deal. None of my losses are colossal. None of my losses wipe me out. In fact, I embrace red days. I embrace red days because I keep them small enough where they don't make me lose sleep, where I don't go crazy and throw stuff. I don't even remember them. And it, so to speak, it resets the clock on the probabilities of having a red day because no one can, can carry on, you know, 30, 40, 50 green days in a row. You're eventually you're going to have a red day. I mean, it just happens to everybody. In fact, it happens quite often. But whenever I have that red day, I'm like, okay, cool. I had a red day. I did my job of defending my portfolio, keeping the loss small and resets that probability clock that I'll have another one. So I embrace the red days. No big deal. I pat myself in the back and say, good job, Andrew. You did a good job of not letting that blow yourself up. And then the next day I wash it off and I go forth and conquer. I have another green day and another green day and another green day. But the point is, is to do small position sizes. I promise you, your life will be so much better. I wish I could literally like hook everybody, every one of you up to like the little matrix seat where I can like plug it something into your brain and download the feeling 
of trading small positions. It's so much better than big positions. You do not need the big wins to be profitable. In fact, it's, it's absolutely the exact opposite. It's counterintuitive. The small positions will be able to keep you consistently profitable because believe it or not, you can read the charts better than you think. The problem is you are handcuffed by fear by taking too large of a position because you are afraid to lose. God forbid you actually take a loss. Now, the thing is, if you if you are doing 90% position sizes, yes, it's you cannot take a loss because then you're done. Dunzo. Reset button. Every week, every 10 days, you're hitting the reset button on your account. Every 10 days, you have to have a fight with your significant other because they're like, why are you in such a bad mood all the time? And you're like, because I keep blowing up my account. So in order to combat that, we have to get you to take smaller position sizes. It's been the most mind-opening thing for me when I actually started doing that. And I'm like, oh man, I've been three months and I think I've had like four red days because I, I'm actually trading small positions now. You want to remember all your wins because they are either green or big green. And then you never, ever, ever want to remember any of your losses. If you have any memorable losses, your position size is too big. This is a very soapboxy episode. I know, I know, uh, but it's very passionate for me. And you know, for me, you, you all don't see the hundreds and hundreds of DMS I get every week over this exact topic. And I want, like, I want to shake people and say, stop using big position sizes. I have people that are desperate. They are desperate to be profitable. They're desperate to be successful. And it's like, I, I can't help you when you are trading 90% position sizes. You've got a $2,000 account and you just took a $2,000 trade on SPX. I, I can't help you it, because you are, no matter what happens, you're going to take losses. It's an inevitability. I want you to listen to me. It's inevitable that you will take losses. So why are you gambling with big position sizes? It doesn't matter how many times you can win in a row. If you take 100% of your position sizes and you win 50% four weeks in a row every day, and your account will be huge. But guess what? All it takes is one or two 60 to 70% losses, and it's all gone. So why are you going to continue to take big position sizes? I'm going to challenge you listening to this. Let, let, let's just ballpark a $10,000 account. No more than two to $300 position sizes. Forget about SPX and the tax implications. Forget it. Forget it. The only way you need to be worried about the tax implications if you are consistently profitable and you've got about six figures plus. That's the only way you need to even care about the tax implications of SPX versus FCY. So forget about it. If you've got a $10,000 account and you can do the ratio math there, two to $300 position size at the most, try to trade as much as you can without forcing positions. Now that does take experience, easier said than done. And watch what happens. Your emotions will go down. You'll be able to handle losses. Oh, I just lost 50% of that position, but guess what? It was only 150 bucks, no big deal. So now you're going to come back again, and then you're going to see, hey, yes, I lost 60% of the pro, of play number one on the day, but I just went on a six win streak, and now I'm back green again. And now, hey, it's Friday. I was green every day this week, and I took seven losses this week, and I'm still green every day. Hey, three months later, my overall account is up 40% because I've been doing the small position sizes. Not only will your balance increase, your portfolio increase, but your emotions will get way better. You'll become happier and you'll actually start to enjoy the process of trading. I promise you trading when done correctly is one of the most satisfying and rewarding things you will ever do because you create money out of thin air, but you have to treat it as what it is, a process, a grind, a business that you work at and grind and learn and fight. 
When you're gambling, it's not fun. It's emotional. It's emotionally destructive. It will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your relationships. It'll destroy your well-being. It'll give you heart problems. It'll make you, you know, make your hair fall out if you're gambling. But if you treat it as a process, it is the most rewarding thing you could possibly do in your professional career. The most rewarding thing, especially when the switch flips and you actually start being profitable. It's fun. It becomes fun. It's you versus the market. It's a challenge. You can like you grind out days. All right, you you may I lost this play. Well, guess what? Now I'm coming back for more and I'm going to get green and you fight and you do things right and you control yourself and it's just so much fun. That's why I would love to have everyone feel this feeling about actually being successful and grinding things out because it's so much fun and rewarding. It, man, I love it. I love it. I could talk about this stuff all day long. Unfortunately, we're running out of time here, but I could talk about this all day long. Uh, it's a, it, trading is an absolute passion for me, and I'm so passionate about it that I could just chat with anybody about it for hours. Anybody comes up to me, they know, hey, yeah, it's Andrew. He's the trader. You know, I, I better avoid him. Otherwise, I'm going to get in a three-hour conversation about investing because it'll change your life, man. Uh, you don't have to be rich in order to, in, to enjoy trading. You could be, have small accounts and start building things up slower and slower and slower and then faster and faster and faster and then snowball. And you look back four years and, you know, you've got a hundred grand plus in your account. You can actually enjoy this and it's, it's super duper fun. So anyway, I'll leave you all at that. That's enough uh, soapboxing for one episode. I hope you enjoyed episode nine of the Making Millionaires podcast. Come over and support the community. Join the Discord, man. It's awesome fun. It's awesome fun. We have fun during the day. When it's choppy and not much going on, we like to crack jokes. When it is busy, uh, we conquer down and, and we get down to business and make some money and learn. The new Tier 4 is up and running. Veteran off with his uh, with his processes and his thoughts, and it's absolutely invaluable. Absolutely invaluable. Uh, you'll make back your your uh, your Tier 1, your Tier 4 fee, I'm sorry, within a day or two so. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm Andrew with the Options Manor community. This has been the Making Millionaires podcast. And remember, the only thing separating you from financial greatness is the decision to be better.